Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Sacktown FC podcast. My name is Luis Urbano, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jonathan. How are you, Jonathan? Good, Luis. How are you, man? I'm doing good, thanks. Really excited to, to see the preseason camp starting, and it's really exciting. I mean, we're almost a month away from the first game, so great yeah, stuff. A month away from kickoff, and probably, what, a couple of days away from an actual preseason match when we get the uh, schedule, hopefully soon. Yeah, hopefully we... we Hopefully we get that soon. I mean, you know, I know we were talking off air that it's been taking them a while to release that schedule, but I mean, we're, we're really pumped up, excited. And if anything, at least we got an announcement in the Open Cup, which we'll be talking about later too. So in today's episode, we'll be talking about the beginning of the preseason camp. Um, there's a lot of motivational speeches going around. Um, our new staff additions, uh, our Open Cup news as well as we'll be talking about other news that happened this week and also addressing uh, one of the listeners' questions and a comment from one of our listeners as well. So let's start with the preseason camp. So that started this week, and I think the biggest highlight out of that was the motivational speech that our coach brought to the table. I mean, I don't know about you, Jonathan, but when I heard it, I was pumped up, and I'm not even a player, so... (laughs) I'm looking forward to how the players will respond to that in the season too. And I think we'll see that being reflected throughout the matches this season. Yeah, it definitely is exciting to hear. And, and it kind of gets the hair tingling on your arms when, when you can hear that from your coach, right? Addressing not just his players, uh, the staff, but also the organization. And as a fan of the of the product, I think that gets me amped up too because it's almost as though he's not just speaking to to a segment, he's talking to all of us about what is the expectation, right? So we're a family, um, have passion in your role, whether you're a supporter or you're a front office or your tickets or you're just a, a concessions, right? Because when you're in this together, um, you'll get where you want to go as a team, not just as a team, but a community, which is the big picture uh, for us as the Republic. Yeah, I, I think like I was saying earlier, like that really spoke to to everyone, to not just the players but the staff as well. And really, I think it's it's gonna get the fans pumped up as well because not that you know other coaches we've have haven't been as motivating, but hearing it from a coach, you know, being able to see it on video and playing that video over and over again, I played it a couple of times. It's just great, and I'm really excited that you know he's really wanting to make sure that the players are really playing for the crest, you know, especially yep. since we got a lot of new players. So the more pumped up they are about playing for Sacramento Republic, the the better, because we, we want to form that good um, teamwork ship early on in the season too. So another news we got from our preseason camp is that Julian Chavez from our academy is joining the camp. Um, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, he's, he's considered a midfielder on the website. I don't I haven't kept much or heard much of him other than that he plays in that midfield role. So it'll be interesting to see what the reason for bringing him in was. Was it just to get him senior experience? Was it to get him used to maybe being a member of that Open Cup team? Um, but it's definitely good. It's good experience for the player. It's good experience for competition-wise for the midfield. Uh, you have another body, uh, probably a wiry uh, midfielder who can – push some of these older guys to really uh, learn or to want to improve and and play at a higher level. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we said it uh, on the last podcast, but, 
you know, our coach comes from working with the academy too. So I think he really wants to give more opportunity to more players and he, he sees potential. And I'm sure that if he brings more players, then he, he's really excited, you know, to give them that opportunity and being able to play with the first team too. And especially with all the friendlies we have. Yeah. And he has that insight. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity for, for the youngster to, to get some touches, you know, get his feet under him and potentially learn and, and take that experience to the academy as well so that could that, that could play dividends down the road so we also wanted to kind of mention because this week was also full of different honors that our staff members actually received and we wanted to start by talking about our president ben gumpert's um 40 under 40 honor and winning that too and i think it's great that he won that too i mean this guy is such an amazing person like he's done so much for the team and He's down to earth too. So like, and I don't know, I didn't mention this on the other podcast, but I'm actually a part of the Tower Bridge Battalion, our um, official supporters group. And he's been to our section a couple of times too. And he'll just stop by and just ask you how, how things are, you know? Like, I remember one time he asked me what I thought about the giveaway that the team did during that match too. And I thought that was great because, you know, you normally don't see people in such high positions of like most sports teams actually go out and talk to their fan base and ask them what they thought about something. So seeing that he did that and just seeing, you know, that he's really interested in a little aspect, like what did you think of the giveaway that we did in this match is just phenomenal to me. Yeah. Uh, in in general, his impact on the region itself speaks volumes, right? Because when you think about what he's done with, with grassroots and kind of the development of what we have, he's encouraged local uh, youth football. He's instrumental in local soccer-specific courts in the Sacramento area. In fact, they're, they're planning for another one. They just finished one, I believe, in Midtown. Uh, I'm not too familiar with it. I haven't been out there. But he's really trying to grow the game through community. And I think that this honor is, is a part of why he got it. Um, he got this because of what he's able to do, not just for the team, but for the community. And Sacramento really needs that. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it really helps to, to have a leadership like that. And, you know, he brings a lot of sports experience with him, too. Like, he used to work for the Sacramento Kings, too. So, definitely, you know, someone who really identifies with the Sacramento community and really wants to help out a lot and, and bring in more, more professional sports here. So, that's really great. It's always exciting. And another um, person was named Sacramento of the year was, you know, one of our investors, Kevin Nagel. And I mean, there's tons we could say about Kevin, but he was really a big part in being able to bring MLS to Sacramento. And he's, again, similar to Ben, one of those guys that down to earth, you know, you'll see him talk to fans in games, like go, go out to games, like someone who's really interested and in really helping out the team so much too. and. In doing so, it it really helped us out so much too. So yeah, grew grew the grew the crest right, and really has established Sacramento as a as a hotbed for soccer. I think by having the Republic and and Kevin's um, leadership really pushes Sacramento to that next level. It already feels, you know, even before we had MLS, it felt like it was MLS. Um, style from what ownership was doing and what our our office was doing to create that vibe and making it feel like we were top tier soccer 
and we continue to do that, which is great. Yeah, it, it was amazing too. So definitely well-deserved award. And I'm glad that, that he got it, especially being that last year was when we were announced as an MLS franchise. So I'm sure that that played a big role in, in that and the fact that we were able to meet our goal there. Yep. I think that's that's great. And for him to be honored in such a way with all the fine you know executives and, and people who are deserving of that award, it's just fitting that that Kevin was given that award from Sacramento to be honored as the Sacramento of the year. So our, our next thing here on our list is the addition of a new person that is going to be joining as our academy coach. And that's uh, Dennis Sanchez. So he comes from us from the Columbus crew where he was the general manager of the academy since 2016. Um, previous to that, he also served as an academy coach with Everton. And then before that, he was also an assistant coach for San Diego State. And he was actually actually also their team captain for the 2008 campaign. I think this is a great addition uh, for us as a, as a club going forward to have somebody with his experience uh, and his background playing at San Diego State, where he was captain in 2008, to being a part of the academy in Everton. And now going to MLS from there and being the general manager for their academy it's really a solid addition. I think that's the same addition as with uh, Mark coming on board and having Dennis as a part of our, our program and our, our team going forward. I, I think that's a, the best thing we could ever think of. Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, as we transition into MLS, we want to make sure that we have someone that's really working with the academy because, you know, in two, three years, these are some of the players that we're going to have in our bench and we want to make sure that, you know, they're ready because it's, it's going to come before you know it, and you want to make sure that that they're getting ready to, to join the squad and join the senior squad eventually, too, once we start. Yeah, and, and as we have in our notes later for our academy, our academy growing and being, you know, instrumental in the United States youth national team, this is, this is exciting. So we didn't get a preseason schedule yet, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, but we did actually get a new game announced this week too, and that's our first Open Cup matchup, the round that's, two. Of oh, the I'm Cup. so excited for this! <laughs> and it's against the Oakland Roots at home on April eighth at seven thirty, and it's great. I mean, I think I read somewhere where um, people were commenting on on what preseason games you know we should be playing, and someone brought up the Oakland Roots, and then I, I looked them up a little bit too, and. It's a really interesting team. I mean, they just started last year and all that, but it's a new team in the Bay Area, and we know what that Bay Area sport mentality is and should be an interesting one. Yeah, for the league they played in, they played six games last year. They went 0-3-3, and they actually had uh, Paul Bravo from what I remember from the Colorado Rapids um, in his playing days. He was their manager for that time, those six games. It'd be interesting to see their cohesiveness only having that amount of games under their belt. Um, I know they have a, a another team, like a secondary um, team that's playing. That's the reserves that play in the NPSL. And it's called Project 510. So that will be uh, interesting mm -hmm. to see what's happening up there as well. well. That's interesting. Yeah, and they do also have some former MLS players on the team too. So they they have some like experience there. So... We can't overlook them really too much, too, even though they're a new squad, I think. So it'll be an interesting game. I mean, I think it's sometimes I think the hardest games are the games where you don't really know 
how, what team you're going to be playing against all that right. well because they're so new. So we definitely have to make sure that we're not overconfident about it and that we really give it our all. Get closer. I think it would be good to get one of their support uh, supporters groups, one of their people on. I know their supporter group is called the Roots Radicals, um, which is an East Bay punk rock band, mm. uh, 90 reference from Rancid. So that will be uh, interesting to have them on and we can we can talk up shop and see what's happening and what they expect from their team and season be kind of nice yeah that would be kind of nice yeah i think we'll we'll definitely look at that especially as that game gets closer to, to hear more about what they have to say about their team and how how it was founded and i think i like to hear also how the supporters group were founded as well i mean there's right. a lot of story that goes with that or why they chose that name as well and really being able to to learn more on that too and how that came about so on other news that we have, um, this week also the team also um, posted an article on youth coaches being able to get free tickets to matches. Right, not just soccer coaches, not just soccer coaches, any kind of coach. Um, you just have to be a part of the youth, the youth building of um, sports. And the team is offering tickets to any, any youth coach, which will be great. I think it will spread the game, spread the word. Soccer matches on TV are far different than watching live, so mm-hmm. it might it might increase or help grow uh, the brand. Yeah, definitely soccer games are really different live. I mean, growing up, I would just watch them on TV, and I didn't really go to much games. In fact, I actually I didn't actually go to my first ever live game until I was probably a freshman in high school, and that was only like a friendly game I went to um, from my team Cruzul. So. It, it was definitely definitely a different vibe, but I would also say definitely a different vibe when you actually go to an actual um, competitive game because that was just a friendly one. Right. And I think that's why, I mean, when I went to my first Sacramento Republic game, I just, I couldn't stop wanting to go to more games because when you're actually battling for points in the league, it's a much different vibe. So The vibe is contagious. And hopefully with, with the idea of giving a regular season ticket to a youth coach, it will build build momentum going going to that next step, and I think it's a wonderful wonderful idea. Yeah, and it also builds new followers as well. I would say, right. and not just you know on the team, but also new people who might look at the sport differently. Like I've invited so many people to games too, and I have a friend who, and I invited him to a game last season. He had never been to a soccer game. He didn't actually even really know that much about soccer. So I invited him to a game, and after that first game. He was just like, hey, when's the next game? Like, tell me, <laughs> like, I want to come back to more games because you made me actually like this sport more now after I've actually been to a live game. So that felt really good because I'm a big soccer fan. There we go. Spread spread the word. So another thing that came about this week is um, Sinclair broke her goal record. So, yeah, Kristen Sinclair uh, broke Abby Wambach's uh, all-time international goal record. Um, she scored two goals. Versus St. Kitts and Nevis on Wednesday in Texas. So that's kind of cool. It was a qualifying match for the 2020 Olympics. You know, as an as an American, it's it's you know it's good to see some recognition from North America and and even in Canada. She's been she's been a great player for so many years. It's a great it's a great reward. It's a great record and congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. So this week we also had some goalkeeper news for the republic can you elaborate more on, on what you had to say about that so yeah adam greenwest is coming in and 
last week we talked about we didn't know what role he was going to play. Was he going to be our open goalkeeper or was he going to be our full-time keeper? And it sounds as though from training over the course of the week that he is going to be our full-time keeper, which is kind of nice to have that solidified early in camp. But it would also be it would also be nice to see that pushed a little bit through uh, Rafi and Rafi Diaz and see if maybe we can have a little bit of a competition and push they can push each other to uh, to not just improve but be that that shot stopper that we need between the posts. We we had mentioned in the previous podcast that you know he didn't have that much game time, so we definitely have to give him the more game time, especially in the preseason, especially if he's going to be our first goalkeeper. So I'm hoping that in the preseason games that we see, like we'll see him more on the first team sheet and on the first eleven. So hopefully that that's true. At the same time, I do also think that Rafi is he's been the bench for like two years now, I believe. So, I mean, we can also probably give him an opportunity. So I probably wouldn't just stick with Greenwees and I would probably try and rotate them around and see which one, you know, is able to actually win that position. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice. I mean, again, let's get a preseason schedule here, guys. And yeah. once we get that, let's, uh, let's play halves, right? One, one keeper on one half uh, and the other takes on the next uh, 45. I'd love to see a competition. I'd love to see what both bring to the table. Uh, we're trying to grow, you know, our our team. Let's let's put what's best forward or best foot forward every time, um, and let them challenge it out. Let's uh, let's go. So we had a really good, um, really do good news of this week too, and it's one of those things that you know just makes you so happy to be able to be a supporter for a club that really cares about their community and you know not just their immediate community but also their extended community beyond just uh, Sacramento itself. But the Sacramento Republic actually gave back to a local Stockton club. Um, their name's Select FC. And I guess they, they had actually had an unfortunate situation where they had their equipment stolen. So team came in, worked with the mayor of Stockton too, I believe, and actually gave them new equipment to help them out. And they were out there, you know, like playing with the players and really doing some training with them too. So it's, just amazing to see them actually go out there and again as i said you know not just help the sacramento community but also go beyond that and help stockton community and i'm sure that had this story been even more further on in the state they probably would have still come out so it's it's great to to see that yeah and it goes to show you know gumpert and his reach right he was very adamant about giving back and even coach um was a part of that i think they talked and set up a opportunity with being in the academy. They they have equipment, and they wanted to make sure they spread spread good vibes and really help that that community that that club out. So so tragic that they had their stuff stolen, and you know for them to step up, the team, the club to step up and support another another team. I think that shows a lot for the growth of of the team. Yeah, it it really shows a lot too. And you know, once we join MLS, it's probably only probably going to expand even more to to help out more more of our um, Central Valley community, really, and and showing that we're a really caring team and we can actually do all these things. And you know, we're actually have an eye out there for the community and we're able to help with them. Right. So we also saw five youth national team players that came from Sacramento actually be called up to their summit camp this week. 
So yeah, the summit ran from January 2nd to the 11th and the news broke and I must have missed it. And we had five of our youth uh, players called up, four that are current within our program and our U18-19 team, one in our U16, and then a former player actually, uh, Schaff Brewer, who is training and playing abroad right now with uh, German side Leipzig and their U19 team, he got a call up as well. So it's kind of nice. Wow, yeah, that's yeah, that's always really nice, especially all the experience you get, you know, playing with any national team is really great. So it, I'm looking forward, you know, I hope that these players get the opportunity to play in at least, you know, a couple of our friendly matches this year. So and in general, not just five for the for the US national team, but we had 15 of our players who were called up to a national team camp or tournament. Um, which is kind of nice. So that puts us at 15 total representations for our academy in terms of the players being called to a national team camp or tournament. Oh, wow. That has to be historic. I don't think we've ever had that many. <laughs> no, it's nice. And, and again, that's that's over the, the time that we've had the academy. So I think it says a lot for our growth. And as we talked about earlier in the podcast with, with the addition of Dennis as our GM, Dennis Sanchez as our GM, for the youth academy, um, man, I, our director, I'm, I'm excited. I think we have a, a good future ahead of us. Yeah, that, that's yeah, it's, which is really great too. Especially you know, since MLS is down the road, it's it's great to, to have all this going on too. And and the more players you know we get called up to the national team, the better. Yeah, it's nice because last podcast we were talking about how our market not being as large, the NBA team, the Kings, don't get as much as many big name players. So by us being able to put kids or academy players out there into national teams, it makes national teams take notice and we'll start getting more of their younger players into our academy, which will only build our brand and, and the crest and our, our city will be recognized for that. So it'd be nice to see how we how that translates to getting a potential big name, you know, not like a Zlatan or a Chicharito, but a, a player that definitely has served a served a good time has served a purpose in Europe and plays a key role as a cog or something along those lines that can come to MLS when we start and be a be a brand name for our franchise so finally you know like we we've already mentioned it twice on this podcast but you know we really want the preseason schedule already so <laughs> anyone listening to us yeah can you guys announce that already so we can know who we're playing against but until then i thought we would talk about um, who we would like to see us play in the preseason you know there's there's a bunch of different options out there that we could potentially be playing against and you know let's hopefully we play against a good mix of different kind of theme teams if i had to choose some of them i would definitely say that we could start by looking at some mls opponents and what better than i think playing some of the opponents that are actually going to be playing in the CONCACAF Champions League this year, such as, you know, like a Seattle, an LAFC, maybe looking on the East, maybe a NYCFC or an Atlanta United. I think any of those would be great if we'd be able to get at least one of those to, to play a game against too. What are your thoughts? I think it would be great. Anytime you can play a bigger named opponent is always going to help you grow. I'd like to see us play you know, local West Coast teams, uh, for instance, the Earthquakes. Um, 
Last year, our first game was our first preseason game was against Sacramento Gold. That was on February the 9th. So it'd be interesting. It'd be nice to play some of those teams. Even if we play Reno or LA Galaxy 2, I think that would that would help us a lot in just getting touches, just getting some work in. But uh, I'm going to call out San Jose. I'm going to say, uh, quit being scared. And, <laughs> you know, let's let's play a friendly and see what happens. Yeah, you know. You almost lost to us in Open Cup. <laughs> I think they're afraid of us right now, too. They're like, yeah, let's, let's wait to see if we play against them in the Cup again. <laughs> um, right. I don't recall ever. Actually, I do recall now that I'm thinking about it. We actually did play a friendly against San Jose. It, it was actually uh, my university's campus, too, at CSU Stanislaus. I remember one time, yeah, I just wasn't able to go to that game, but I remember that there was a big hype because the earthquakes were coming. Yeah, the earthquakes are coming, the earthquakes are coming, and, you know, we, we've always played well against them, we've always held our held our own, so it would be nice to see that in a preseason friendly, be able to uh, to play the match and just just get a feeling for the tempo and, and the physicality of the MLS system. And that serves that would serve us well in USL too. Yeah, and hopefully the game is is out in their stadium too. I think you know rather than even it just being at home or being at like a local training ground, I think it would be ideal if it was at their stadium so they can get that like almost almost a little MLS experience. I know it won't be as as um, full as it would be if it was an MLS game, but I think it would be be great you know for the players to to play it on on an MLS pitch. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Let's uh, sign it, sign us up. Get us, get us going. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I'm a little biased, and I'm like, it would be ideal if <laughs> they'd be able to play at my university campus again, like they did. Um, was it? I think it was like two years ago when they played against Fresno. So hopefully they make that. That would be closer to me right now. <laughs> be good to see. So to end our our podcast too, um, we actually did get a question from one of our listeners and a comment that we wanted to discuss here. So our question comes from uh, Gabe Corey, and he asks, um, what is the difference between a wingback and a fullback? And can a team have two wingbacks on a team? And do you think Barona and McCrary are both wingbacks? So that's a good question, Gabe. A lot of the times you see formations uh, and Within that formation, you think you have five midfielders. So let's say, for instance, a three-five-two, which would be three defenders, five midfielders, and two attack-minded individuals. However, they play that system. Um, so the wing back is actually one of or two of the five, and they play on both flanks, left and right. And so essentially, you have three men on defense, two wing backs, three midfielders, and two forwards. So they would play outside of the midfield and out on the wide regions and they would be able to attack and play both ends so they would go box to box essentially um, a fullback plays in your traditional four-man system in the back where you would have a 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 so that would be your difference between the wing back and the fullback it's great and on the second part of the question gave i would consider barona and mccrary both wing backs like they, they really they, they move up and down the wing a lot. And I would also consider Shannon Gomez as another wing back too. And then fullback wise, I would consider that like a Mitchell Tainer and another one would be Thomas Hilliard Arce is what would be comparable to a fullback. So that that would probably be the difference between between both. Of course, I feel like 
a wing back does a lot more running than a fullback. A fullback is more interested in, in defending most of the time. And a wing back tends to have more of that speed that you need, you know, to be able to to run up and down the field. So that that would be my take on that. Yeah, and, and the thing about a wing back is is essentially anybody who's played out as a winger or even as a fullback outside of the center, uh, they could potentially play in that position. It just takes a little more onus to be more um, cognizant to make sure you track back uh, for the ball instead of staying up front and playing, being able to play both sides. So you have to have some offensive ability, some touching um, ability to possess and, and move without the ball, but also track back and play defense. A good example would be uh, Juan Basaka for Man United. He's able to kind of play that role in between. Um, and he's one of those guys who, who represents that wing back formation or that wing back player. So another um, comment, not really a question, but not a comment we received on our Twitter page comes from Danny Troy. He's actually the co-founder and president of Los Unicos, which is actually a supporters group for Sacramento Republic based in Reno. He wanted to say thank you to the Sacramento Republic fans for all the support they have shown for Los Unicos. He said they were really excited and ready to support Sac Republic FC with all the passion and heart in the world. He also said if you guys have any questions, you can send him a message on Twitter. He's at the D underscore Troy. So if you guys have any messages, please let him know. Or if you guys are around Nevada or in the Reno area specifically, then reach out to him and, you know, be a part of that supporters group out there. Yeah. And Danny, if you, uh, if you have listened to this podcast, uh, let's get you on, on our next episode and have, have you part of it. Love to hear what you have going and what we can do to support you going forward. Yeah, that, that'd be great. Especially, you know, it's pretty unique to have a supporters group outside of your immediate area, especially outside of your state. So it's, it's great to, to see that really too. And, um, I've messaged Danny before too, and his second soccer team is actually Cruz Azul as well. So great to see another fellow Cruz Azul fan supporting Sacramento Republic. So it's great. That'd be nice. You guys would have, you guys would be able to talk shop about both sides. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that'd be, that'd be really interesting to. To talk both and compare both teams too would be would be an interesting podcast. So if you guys have any additional questions or comments that you guys want to ask to be featured on future shows, you know, please let us know. We're on Twitter and Instagram, both on as at Sacktown FC. That's S-A-C-T-O-W-N-F-C. So please feel free to either leave us a comment, send us a direct message, follow us. We're always, you know, posting different things regarding Sacramento Republic. We're retweeting different things. So, you know, check with us on there. And that's pretty much it for today. I also wanted to also tell everyone, you know, thank you for all the overwhelming support we received for this first week of the podcast. Um, we're reaching the mark of like almost 50 followers on Twitter. And that's only growing. You know, we just recently started to really promote it more. And it's soon to be available on more of your local podcast directories i believe we just got approved for apple podcast so it should be on apple podcast within the next 24 hours if there's any podcast platform that you guys can't find us on please also send us a message and let us know what that is because we want to make sure that you're able to listen to our podcast on whatever favorite platform you use so please let us know so other than that, um, do you have any 
closing comments or anything else you'd like to add, Jonathan? No, I want to thank everybody for the, for the growing support that we've received. As Luis has told you guys, and I look forward to, again, having conversations with you once the preseason schedule is released and hopefully we can get some people out to just connect and, and have conversations about uh, our team. Yeah, so hopefully next week we have a preseason schedule out for you guys and we're able to, to dig deep into what each of the opponents are and what, what we can learn from each game. So other than that, we'll see you guys next week and have a great day or a great weekend whenever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you. Cheers.